see my nose? <laughs> Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. <laughs> that wasn't even planned. I can't see your face. You have the video turned off. Oh, I do. My yeah, bad. You I do. BG. It's all good. It's Jay. It's Jed. What? What? What up? What's going on? Um, let's. We got Buku shoutouts. So let's Dude. let's 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 do some house cleaning. People been blowing us up. Thank y'all. <laughs> People been blowing us up. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, all right. So without further ado, because we have like a bazillion. Yeah. Let me just get to it. Kate, Caitlin Barta. Kate, what it do? What it do, Caitlin? Thanks for the tweets do? and the Facebook messages and the email, maybe? Nope. Just Facebook message. Yep. Um, Andy Lanhart, I'm coming back to you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Andy, you're the man. Daniel Smith, what's going on? I do want to read this one. Daniel Smith said, one of the most important podcasts in the Christian sphere. Boom. A damn. Suck Not it, Trebek. Funny and hilarious, Trebek. <laughs> Not to mention funny and ridiculous. I'm the funny one. You're the ridiculous one. I just want to make sure I'll, that that's clear. I'll wear that jacket all day. <clears throat> Chase Blankenship was going down. Um, our boy Eric Burns. Wrote us like all kinds of awesome stuff. Thanks, Eric. Um, we got Josh Wing wrote me on Facebook. Um, there's a couple more saved for next time. We also got an email from Germany from uh, Raphael. So that's pretty badass. That is badass. Yeah. So yeah, super sweet. Also, uh, said something about like their their English is really shitty, but I can guarantee a. It's probably more grammatically correct than my emails. It was. And <laughs> and B, I know it's better than my German emails. So It definitely was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yep, uh, yep. And who is the new Patreon? We got dude, we got a couple. We did. Don't just limit it. Don't don't limit us. Don't limit God's blessings, Jed. S- save the don't best you for do, last. Don't you dare put God in a box. Okay. Okay. I won't. I won't. All right. Can I get a drum roll, please? Can I have a drum roll? A we have a bunch of Patreons, and y'all motherfuckers is awesome! Our first one is your uncle. I think it's your Uncle Charlie. So, holla to Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie, you are the man. Much Um Andrew D. Lanhart. Um, appreciate it, although I hate you deep down within my soul. I love you deep down within my soul. Also, Alex Palmer. Alex, appreciate you. What's going down? So, um... Tell him what Andy did. Andy, along with his Patreon, tweeted, Now you can sh- go ahead and watch fucking John Wick. He said flippin' watch. Oh, flippin'. John. I thought he said fuggin', like F-U-G-G-I-N. Oh, no. Was it flippin'? Flippin'. So I have to flip and See, watch. See, he John. has to watch John Wick and record a John review <laughs> God. and post it on Patreon. Dude, and I don't even have, like, I don't have any good excuses not to. Like, I have no excuses not to. I know for a fact that my buddy, what's up, Nate Dog, who listens to this podcast and lives right down the street, tweeted a picture of John Wick at me because he just bought it, and, like, I can totally borrow it. That's so hilarious. So, my next goal is now to get you to watch John Wick 2. So, next, people, is sign up for Patreon and tweet us. John Wick 2. You can't, like, I might die. 
I might die from Keanu. The joke is you're gonna love it, dude. You're gonna no, love no it. Way. There I is there hate is a Keanu. way. Anyway, there's I a was... way. We'll let the movie speak for itself. There's a way. There's a way. There's a way. So I was just talking to my buddy about how awful Keanu was, and he's all, "What about the Matrix?" And I was like, "The Matrix was good in spite of Keanu." Let's all be real. Let's all be real with each other. Nah, it would have been better. He's awful. Will, think about if Will Smith would have got that role or took taken that role. It would have been so much better. Maybe. It would have. Maybe. Dude. I don't. I. But you know what? I don't think Smith. Will Smith would have been the best. Um, no, the best part for that role either, but they definitely could have found way better than you know Keanu. who would have been sick. Tom Hardy, you know who who would have been awesome oh, in, in every Hardy role. Tom Hardy, awesome. yeah, he's pretty much my man. favorite. He's my favorite. Have you seen um, Peaky Blinders? Of course, dude. That is the best. Ca- that character is the most badass character, like hands down Ever. of any show I've seen so far, oh, but, except so for Richard Darrow from. Boardwalk Empire. He's a very close second. Dude, have you seen The Last Kingdom? No, I saw your whatever about it though. Oh my god, you have to watch it. It's but dude, I've I've seen Vikings, so it's 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 got to be better than Vikings, which is a tough tough task. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Well, I haven't seen Vikings, so I don't know. But this is like incredible, and it's B and BBC, so it's gonna be oh, better. So than, so like, is Vikings. No, Vikings was um, the History Channel. That's wasn't just it? who. That's just who's showing it in America. It's like Canadian BBC, not BBC. I'm sorry, it's Canadian broadcasting. So, excuse Ugh. me. Pardon, pardon me. Wee oui, wee, oui, I'm from Canada. <laughs> I am from Canada. That's a proper accent. Right? Oh hello, t- I am from Canada. <laughs> that's. <laughs> hey, say I'm from Canada. Can we please move on before you alienate like all of our Canadian fans? I'd really appreciate that. Wow, well, you're offending me. You're offending me at this point. Well, howdy, partner. I'm from Canada. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> okay, so speaking. All right, afterwards, stick around after the interview, folks, for things I heard in drug school. Drug school. Drug school. Um, but I just want to. So Jay was out for this interview. Um, arguably our biggest yet. Um, and Jay could not do it for for reasons. Um, reasons. I was private. Bigfoot. They were private. Private reasons. We're Bigfoot. not going to ask Jay about his reasons. We're certainly not going to twit. <laughs> tweet. Twit? We're not going to twit. We're not going to tweet Jay and ask him why he missed the interview. We're not going to do that. I just that. told you. I'm, I was hunting Bigfoot. I was also digging up Nephilim bones. So, Dude, at the same time. Stop, like, I, stop the it. Same. Stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell um, him who the fuck we interviewed already? Garrett Jeez. Russell from Silent Planet. One of yeah, my yeah. favorite bands. And so, I had to do it by myself. And... Actually, I'm still undecided, but I, I think I'm just, I, I left it in. I was going to edit out the beginning because your boy sounds like a doofus. <laughs> like, so just like every other interview you've ever done? Shut the saying? front door, man. It's not that bad. <laughs> but no, it, it was like I tried to tell him. I had, in my head, I had this story of like how I, um, it's really hard to, I realize now it's really hard to relate or 
for it to, to have meaning to anyone except for me. But like, there's been certain times that I really feel like God has like introduced me to music or led me into music. And it's like saved me at a really dark point in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this was one of those bands, and I tried to like relay that story to him, and it just and I expected at least something to come out of it, and it was kind of just like, oh, cool, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, uh, I sound right. I sound well, pretty congregation, pretty foolish. Tweet Jed and tell him how much of a doofus he is. Please do. And this is this how much I love y'all is that I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clean it up, you know. I'm just gonna give it to you straight up, and you could people. It's it's. It's not easy to cold call someone and then just like, I mean, I'm no Howard Stern yet, but it, you know, it's hard. It's it's, <laughs> it's hard, man. It's not. It's definitely not easy. And it was funny because he was yeah. at the beginning too. He was just eating an apple and just walking around <laughs> like. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. No, but it was it's an awesome conversation. He's an awesome dude, and he said he'd, he'd come back because I told him you wanted to talk to him as well, and he said he'd totally be game for that. So I hope you guys enjoy um, Garrett Russell, Silent Planet. I hate you, Andy. I love you, Andy. Monstrous lies obscured by opaque blinds Frozen metacarpal tap, tap, tap So I'm here with Garrett Russell from Silent Planet. What's up, Garrett? Hey, um, just hanging out in California. Where are you at? It says Pasadena. Is that right? Um, I'm I'm in I'm currently in Huntington Beach. Oh no way! I went to rehab out there. <laughs> oh cool. Yeah. Spent, what was the What was the treatment center called? It was called oh, man New Life Recovery. It's like a it was a Christian treatment center. It was cool. like it was like a block from the beach. It was pretty That's sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Do you live there or what's going on there? Um, well, I pretty much live on tour and then when I'm home from tour, I usually don't know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> currently staying with a friend's mom who has a very like large apartment and just lives by herself. Sweet. Yeah. That's so. a pretty sweet gig. So, yeah, she, she was kind of like a second she was kind of like a mother to me kind of growing up and then she moved down here recently and was like, yo, I have like all these extra bedrooms and stuff. So yeah. Oh dude, that's killer. Yeah. It's where, awesome. where are your folks at? Uh, my folks are where I grew up, which is Redding, California. Redding. Top, Redding. top of, uh, top of the state. Yeah. Cool, man. How old are you? I'm 27. I turned 27 on our last tour. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. So, so I discovered y'all, um, this, all right, this, it's a weird story, but you ever heard of, uh, O Sleeper? Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I discovered them like in my, like, there's just a lot of weird coincidences, like in, um, 
in my addiction, like when I was using, I discovered them because they released an album on my birthday. And for some reason, like just hearing slightly Christian lyrics helped me to hold on at that moment, right? So this time I was in treatment in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, and they don't let you have your cell phone in treatment, right? So they had finally given me my cell phone back, and I was just cruising YouTube, and I saw your Depths 2 video, and then I just looked up all your videos. And then it just so happened that the week I got out, y'all came to Lafayette, Louisiana for some reason, so I got to see y'all there. So it was like a really odd, fortuitous uh, chain of events. Was that in 2014? Yeah. 2015? It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I had longer hair then. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. So I love coincidences like that. I also... We talked. We did. I didn't know if you'd remember me. Because, yeah. yeah. Once you said the long hair, it all made sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. And I saw you at uh, So What, too. Yeah. So that's what was cool, man. That's what um, you told me about your family members and stuff. But yeah, man, doing good since then. Almost three years clean now. Started this podcast. Life's going good. Got married. (laughs) Stuff's crazy. Um, dude, congratulations on being married and congratulations on three years sober. That is really brave of you. Thanks, man. Yeah, me and my wife, we have the uh, our clean dates are a week apart. It's kind of crazy that we survived, but God's been super gracious on that end. Did y'all know each other before we had? After? We, we uh, we met while we were both sober and then we relapsed and spent some time using together and then we got sober together again so awesome yeah um the other icebreaker dude how awesome is pale horses yeah oh, it's <laughs> a very good album it's not even my favorite album by them but it's a really good album it's it's turned into my favorite album by them i don't know why really yeah i've noticed uh I totally noticed the similarities between you and Aaron's lyrics and and like delivery style. Yeah, he um he uh is definitely uh my favorite lyricist ever. And just recently, I was able to meet him, which was really kind of crazy because um I don't know. I I think he's probably the only like musician person who I ever have met who I was like. Like, what, I just kind of didn't know what to say when I talked to him, you know? Kind of, kind of starstruck? A bit. And it's kind of funny because it, it's one of those things where it's like, I know he's not famous, like, as far as, like, you, you know, I, like, I've, I've had, like, famous, famous people before, just, like, random, you know, circumstances, have a, you know, have, like, a, a, a friend who, you know, cuts hair for some celebrity or whatever, like, like yeah. those situations and like it doesn't really it doesn't really mean much to me i mean i'm aware that these people are like you know known by by millions if not billions of people around the world but like obviously if their art doesn't mean anything to me it, it's hard you know once you get past the fact that, like oh you're really rich or something it doesn't like you know they're just a they're, they're just another, another person stranger. yeah you know, it's weird with his 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 lyrics um really like inspired me to do something and I it you know if if there's any of his personhood inside of his lyrics which I'm sure there is there's gotta be yeah I don't know how he can write lyrics and have no well 
I'm sure like Kesha doesn't have much of an attachment to her lyrics. There's not uh, much attached. She might. But, I don't know. She might. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but um, but you know, it's so so it's weird when you meet someone and you feel like, you know, you really kind of know them and feel them. And, and it was kind of cool talking because I, I just met him recently and uh, talked to him and met his little baby daughter. And oh wow. And um, you know, obviously um. It, it, I think it helped me to like some maybe maybe uh, understand you know uh, someone who's like hey like you know I haven't met you but your band means a lot and and there's that sense of like knowing someone yeah and by no means do the, I think, the parasocial um, relationship totally exactly exactly yep you and that's that's a that's what I found about doing this podcast is that and listening to podcasts and just interviewing people as you realize that everyone famous or not is just a person which is like it sounds like uh obvious but it's it's funny just to realize that um yeah speak I, we can actually dovetail that and go a little theological real quick so uh um so what were you raised what were your beliefs what were you raised as were you like a, a late are you a Christian? Are you, I guess let's define things first. Um, yeah. Let's define stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I say, that, I, uh, yeah, like, cause I heard you, um, I liked what you said when I saw y'all play, you said something to the effect of, I grew up, uh, believing in this one Jesus, but I found out that that was like a false God and that's not the Jesus that is real. I'm paraphrasing. Something yeah, to that effect, and it's funny because like my my parents are like some really awesome, pretty radical like Jesus following people. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in a very like a pretty conservative environment, N- not as far as the household, but like the school, and uh, the school and the basketball teams and everything like pretty much were my life. Like a private school. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Um definitely handed me off a lot of a pretty like harmful ideology yeah um and i think that um that's kind of the i i guess it's helpful as far as i i understand i might have like a better clue into like how some folks see the world and how folks some folks see god because i because i you know i i kind of went through an educational system that was all based on that worldview sort of right so there's some um you know that that was that was definitely uh part of my my upbringing um but yeah i I was raised in a kind of i guess you'd say a christian environment also a pretty white environment a pretty rural environment yeah um, pretty republican environment a pretty uh um competitive environment a lot of sports and stuff uh so yeah there's there's a lot of my my upbringing and I'm, I'm really thankful to have had a really awesome nuclear family i yeah. will say that my a lot of my extended family on um, especially on my father's side um had been pretty screwed up by like meth and alcohol addictions and uh that was on your your father's side you said yeah so like how close did it get to you like your uncles uh yes uncles uncles aunts uh and so some addiction to you uh, from one of my grandparents and uh, cousins too. 
uh, one of my cousins passed away um, last year. Oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear that. From drugs? Or kids, Oh, man. And, uh, um, so there's, my dad, my dad kind of came out of a pretty abusive family and, um, had a miraculous encounter with God that led him to, uh, become a missionary, which is how he met my mom and, um, just kind of set my dad's life on a really kind of a pretty amazing trajectory that, you know, I don't, I mean, you know, he got like arrested a lot when he was a teenager and, you know, a judge said, Hey, you're going to be dead in 10 years. Like you, you know, you can't live like this. And so, um, my, my dad is definitely, I mean, he's pretty shocking, you know, to people in the small community of Reading. And what's interesting is he still lives in Reading and is involved in Reading. So (laughs) his life took him all around, like literally just all around the world and saw a lot and back into Reading, California, which is still a fairly small town. Now it's actually known for a, uh, a, uh, evangelical like a christian charismatic uh movement actually. really yeah have you heard of bethel school of ministry uh, or yes i sure He's, have yeah that, that's all ready oh yeah yeah okay man what are your thoughts on that um no it's is, a lot is be- um, wait that's the uh is that the gold dust Yep, that's, um, that's, yeah, that's, the, the feathers and the gold dust. Gold dust and angel feathers have are definitely something a lot of people know them by. Some people know them by like their worship band, Jesus Culture, which like yeah, comes okay. out albums on iTunes and it's like top of the charts, you know? Because yeah, we uh, I play for the worship band for my church and we tons of that. That's a uh, because that's that's like the common, and I'm sure you've been traveling a lot, so you've seen it. But there's like this. It, I, it makes sense that there would be also like a revival for like fundamentalism or like charismaticism because like the the popular thing right now is deconstruction and everyone's deconstructing and uh, either too intelligent for these ancient books that don't really mean anything or like just refusing to go along with their parents like religion you know what I'm saying so so me and me and Jay my other co-host are trying to build back up a faith i grew up in in pca uh in rural south carolina um i'm pretty impressed that i just said rural that's a really hard word to to get out there that's a a tough one (laughs) um and then in louisiana it's catholic country like like insanely catholic country really oh yeah yeah everyone goes to private school and everyone hates hates god because of it (laughs) like because they were just raised in Catholic school, and as soon as they're done with it, um, so what's up? How does that fit with the whole Protestant South thing? So is Louisiana kind of is oh, it's Catholic? different. Oh yeah. Louis- so is that do you think inherited from the Spanish and, and Caribbean sort the, of uh, the? I guess it was the Spanish, Spanish and the French. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, Louisiana is like its own country. <laughs> I mean, it's because it's still you know, like. What? Napoleonic law. People people ask me about America, about like traveling and just different places that really stick out to me. And uh, I'll tell every single person that New Orleans is the most unique city in America, and that, that's by a long shot. Oh, for it's sure, for sure. You go to New Orleans, and it's it's as foreign feeling. I mean. Even though like everything's in English for the most part, maybe some stuff's in French. 
like compared to like if you're in like Koreatown in LA or you know yeah if you were like maybe Hell's Kitchen or something it's still like the most foreign feeling environment and you're walking around New Orleans and it's like this city is like waterlogged and it's like you yeah. see rock from the power lines and you see people walking around drunk left and right and oh, you yeah. see the things in the horses and it's just it is it is really really something yeah it's, yeah absolutely um so do you so what's like going on the christian music so have you do y'all I'm not going to ask the, do you label yourself a Christian band, but how do you navigate those waters? Like, do you even address it as to like, do, does your band have like a, a goal or are you just trying to play good music and you happen to be a dude that has faith? So, um, it was really interesting. We recently did this headlining tour, um, in March or February and March, and it was our first headlining tour, mm -hmm. um, and it was cool. You know, it's kind of a coming of age thing for a band, I guess. Like once you have enough of a following, like for once, instead of like just trying to get on like a cool tour and get in front of other people's bands, you actually go out and you're like, "Yo, this is our tour, and we're going to take these other bands who are a little bit smaller than us and put them in front of our listeners." You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. It's it's kind of like being able to carry your weight in the music scene, you know. And a band, at, and I'm I'm just speaking for the like Warp Tour world that I'm in. I don't know how pop works, but a, <laughs> a, a band doesn't really like. I feel like a band isn't like an actual like 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 integral part of this music scene until they can go headline. Because if you think yeah. about like. Like if you think about how like you know like people like Karl Marx and stuff who who made a really good, made a lot of different points that are disputed, but one point is like if you want to understand anything, you just follow the money, you know. And yeah. so if you want to understand like when your band actually like is identified in the eyes of the music industry as a viable entity, viable yeah. it's when you're bringing in money to promoters all across america because like records album sales are a joke you know yeah. like it's yep. just not and, and and so the thing is like you know it's like can you come through on a tuesday night in nashville tennessee and get a couple hundred people to come out to the gig you know and if you can like there's a lot of upward mobility from there and if you can't it's like well maybe do another album and see if you guys can get more popular and yeah so anyways, I'm telling you all that to say we did a headliner. We were really nervous about that. And uh, one of the things we did in that because we had to do like a, we, we didn't have to. We got approached about doing a VIP thing. And uh -huh. I, I never have wanted to be a band that like sells our like commodifies our friendship. You know, like, yeah. oh, you can take my hand and take a photo of me for like an extra 20 bucks. It's like. Isn't that weird? That's got to like, be weird. You know, like, I'm sorry for my language, but it, it's oh, no, kind of like. That, you know oh, like yeah. that's you can drop you can drop the f-bombs it's all okay. good it's because it, like it's that's that's not right it's uh, not like that's not i i should say that's not right for me i guess i gotta be you gotta be cool and postmodern, right so um <laughs> you know my interpretation of life and for my understanding of like what jesus wants me to be doing 
like I know for sure commodifying my relationship that just that didn't line up for me and, and there's a lot of other band I, I'm not going to get into each band I just know for me that didn't make sense but um there are people you know who want to like you, like you know more than just come to a show like and whatever and so I was like well what do people want people want to connect so so we yeah the biggest part of the VIP besides like we did a little documentary and some other stuff but the biggest part was just a Q&A where we just sat in the music venue like ask the sound, ask the people in the venue to you know turn off the music, and just sat usually for about an hour, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on our time, and just talked. And so one of the questions we would get, and that's this is a really long way to, hey, to bring you to no problem. One of the questions we were getting was, "Are you a Christian band?" And um, it's a really interesting thing because different members in my band would answer that differently, and. I think I'm okay with that. Now, I don't know if I'm okay with that just because like I understand practically speaking how insanely difficult it is to like have a band that gets along and plays music and tours and writes albums. Right. And so now that we have that, like it's like what well, I'm not like that's the, I'm not going to go pick a fight on that. Yeah. Or yeah, I'm okay with that cuz this is like a new a new uh sort of uh maybe it's a new spiritual growth for me to like be able to work alongside people with a common goal in mind, even though when you talk about things on an ideological or metaphorical level, they're quite different. And I say that because for me, Silent Planet is a Christian band uh, insofar as um, it wants to tell stories of, that are not being told and it, it wants to uh, show people that uh, though the powers of this world may seem overwhelming and daunting, uh, that uh, Jesus has already defeated them. And through, through, through love, through intentional living, through personal sacrifice, we can actually actively be agents that, that, that are, take part in reality and make not only, like, not only like get to be in heaven someday, but actually get to make the earth a better place for people. And we can actually be real causal agents of change. Right and on. so from what my understanding of the gospel is, is kind of comes out, I guess, in the lyrics or the messages, probably more than anything, I think what is being talked about, like just, just the subject matter itself is, is very much because of the gospel for me. And then I think sometimes what gets talked about within the subject matter is just a lot of my own, like probably dumb personal opinions or ideas or emotions. But, but I think the fact that we're trying to like talk about anything at all for me is gospel. And so I would say it's a Christian band, but I think when a lot of people say Christian band, they probably are saying, is it like for the Christian music industry primarily? And in that case, it's like, no, and I'm not even trying to sound edgy. Like actually, like, most of our listeners are not primarily Christian music consumers. Right. So so in that case, it's like, one, that's not what we want to do, and two, that's not what we're doing. So, or is it like, is Christian music mean that everyone in the band believes the same things about God? Then we're also not a Christian band, because um, not everyone in the band identifies as a Christian. Uh, three of us do, one of us don't. That's so, was that like a... a um an evolving thing like that wasn't how it started out or, or it just came out later or, or it's just, it is what it is sort of thing. Definitely not how the band started. Um, what's fun. Cause that's funny. Like I grew up, um, 
I mean, I grew up listening to like This Is Solid State Volume One and Zayo, and so like hearing all about uh, my favorite like Christian bands growing up and finding out that like very few stayed the course, and like you know Scott Mellinger from Zayo is like a, a staunch atheist now, and it's just like yeah. it's like oh man, losing people, but that <laughs> like. No, but I think you uh, hit it on the head when you said maybe it's a, a spiritual growth to be around people that think differently as you. It took me, to, wh- took I, me a while to figure that out. Yeah, totally. And to, to, to work together towards um, like practical goals, like let's be a band that like, like, like in a lot of the times the goals are really specific. Like let's do a VIP thing that's about like connection, you know, Q&A and stuff. And or, or like let's like let's just let's write our own music like let's do our own thing and it's like oh well you know this big label or whatever you know would acquire us but we would have to do this or we'd have to give up this much creativity it's like no like yeah like, that would be like a compromise so it's like I think that we share so many values that I've never it's like a non-issue I, I, yeah, I've never felt like I had to like sell out what I believe or that silent planet is no longer achieving what I want it to achieve. I think that um, there's certain times when like I want to be at the merch table praying with someone and maybe another one of my members, and that's not even like a Christian, non-Christian thing, maybe another one of my members even who does like to pray for people just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. That their day. and. And it's like, you know, you, you, everyone has their own, like, where they're at and what they want to be doing. And and that's another thing to respect because it's like, I mean, I've seen, you know, uh, I've seen, I've toured with a lot of bands who are like, oh, you know, they're all Christians and their lyrics are all about whatever. And, and still, you know, there's, there's some guys who really want to do ministry and there's other guys who want to play their music and, you know, pack it up. Like, they, yeah. they're not there for an interpersonal relationship. If the music touches people, that's great but they're not there for like a like a a emotional connection with other people or they're not there to talk to people one on one does it not um, burn you out i like does it is it still uh at the like it recharges you point like does it ever get well a couple things like the temptations of the road alone and like y'all are definitely on like a, a meteoric thing getting really popular and like being a, a pretty talked about front man. Like how do you deal? Are you single too? I am. Whoo. You're a handsome I've fella, dude. That's gotta be tough. I'm just saying. Or, um, yeah, I've been single for mo. I don't know. I it's, <laughs> like, it, it's really interesting. Like my relation because this band has been like pretty much this, I mean, I've done other stuff as an adult, but this band has been like overwhelmingly my passion since, uh, has been overwhelmingly my passion since I was uh, 18. And oh, so wow. my whole adult life. Yeah. I mean, I'm 27. So I'll, I'll be next year. I'll, I'll be able to say like for 10 years, this is my thing. This is what I've pursued my whole life. Like even like my classes, dude, like I picked up a music minor just so that my band could practice in the music building, like behind, like until we got kicked out, <laughs> I kicked out. They said, your, your band can't play here. I just dropped the music minor. I, my, my senior year of college, I was an RA because I got a free apartment and me and all my friends were really poor. 
and we wanted to put our money towards the band. So we all just lived in this one bedroom apartment just meant for me with like, there's like seven of us. That's awesome. And, uh, and actually one of my friends, God bless him, who went to the school, who was actually also like allowed to be there. And he, for some reason, let all my other friends, my band guys show up. (laughs) But like my whole life has been like oriented, I feel like kind of around, around this so much that it's, it's difficult for me to imagine um, it's difficult for me to like imagine, think about like my relationships, my dating relationships, or or like uh, like my my anything, my mistakes or my victories or my accomplishments. Everything's like so tied into the band that like I, it's hard for me to think of like oh it's like the band the band's growing and where are you at with this now like on a personal level because it's like it's always been like the band's always been my reality like even before oh, a interesting. single person even before a single person liked our band, like more than ever, it had to be my reality every day. Cause if I let it, if I set it down, no one else had that dream. And so huh. it just would have died in the dark. Like now it's in this weird place where like, I just walked around Spain for like, uh, so we like, we finished a European tour. My guys went home. I went to Spain just to like practice my Spanish and take classes at the community college. And like, well, you just I, wanted to live in Spain for a little bit. Yeah. And, nice. and, 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 and I largely like forgot about the band. I mean, I, like I didn't forget as a member of the band, but I didn't do anything band related. You kind of like d- that. detached. So was that weird yeah, for you though? I didn't use, like social media for like a while, which um, I, I love social media. I love connecting with people and it's cool. It's, it's, it's a neat way to like be present. So but it didn't I, I give you like down. separation anxiety or like a, I, I'd, uh, um, uh, identity crisis or anything or like it was like exactly what you needed sort of thing it, it i i want to be cool and be like oh yeah it's easy to put down there was like there was like wheels turning in my head sometimes that were like just like it felt like a dream sort of because my life is which part so plugged into this oh yeah to this anxiety box yeah that like, yeah i you know when I unplugged from it, uh, um, you know, I, I, I felt like a little bit of that buzz in the back of my head. I, I, I think it was good, you know, mm, and I I'm really sure. enjoyed. I really enjoyed it, uh, and uh, you know, I, I think also it helped a little bit because going into being in Europe already on tour, I wasn't super plugged in, so I was kind of already like a little less plugged in. But definitely when I got home from America, and, and I've been home for like, I don't know, 10 days or whatever. Since I've been home in America, I have been like super plugged in because like I do care about this band enough to like, you know, I'm like, dude, I missed this and this and this and this and this and this. And I even missed our interview yesterday. Sorry, I'm an asshole. Uh, it happens, man. So <laughs> I, 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 but I'm trying to, I don't know. But dude, it's, it's, well, it's, it's, been, it's an interesting, it's been an interesting thing. I, as far as the Christian band thing goes, I'll say that um. I sometimes feel a tension where, like, we're on Solid State Records. Um, the dudes in Four Today probably took us on tour more than any other band uh, they've ever taken on tour. And, and like, so many of our I, – I, I don't know. And, and it's so interesting to me because, like, I love G- like I love Jesus and the message of Jesus and, and the hope the hope given by to us by the crucifixion and the resurrection – like that's more prevalent to me than ever, but like 
being like a Christian metalcore band person seems sillier than ever. And I, I don't really? I don't mean to say the other band is silly as much as like just I look at I look at a lot of it and it really like the closer I get to Jesus, the more it feels contrived. So, uh explain that. Like not disagreeing, but but elaborate on no, that. Like Yeah. I mean, because I can I can say that the, the more I, the more big picture, like I, every day I struggle with, do I need to go to work and do this podcast, or like sell everything and go to somewhere and just like devote my life to like serving some thumb? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is every is all of this? Do I even need a house? Do I need to sell everything? Do I need a car? Do I need you know? And it's I, I that's the tension I live in. But what were you saying? Well, I think that um. It's funny, the first thing we talked about was like, what well, I talked about was celebrities. Mm-hmm. I think that um, that humans are like inherently religious. Yeah, we like it, to worship like, things. That's what I notice when I, yeah. go, when I go to shows. And I, I, that's the, the common thing I notice is that we just love to point at one thing and just give our praise to it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that... Um, the most well-meaning Christian, like, metalcore guys, you know, mm-hmm. um, could absolutely, like, have their hearts in the right place. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I've, I've, hope, I've hopefully tried to have my heart in the right place. But um, so often it feels like people idolize, you know, and... Oh, yeah. Uh, and, like, what, what, what I've been trying to do more recently with Silent Planet, and hopefully for a while is to sort of like get out of the way like literally sometimes on stage it just means like turning away from the crowd and being on my knees and just letting i don't know like like yeah i understand that like 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 trying to like divert the gaze a little bit enough for people to like really experience god you know one of the reasons i've always been so anxious on stage with like preaching and all that stuff mm-hmm. is uh i've always been kind of afraid of um I've always been a little bit afraid of like uh, just being so interesting or convincing to someone in in a moment or like so emotional or or whatever that like I sort of I sort of just like brought them to like I gave them a I gave them the God experience instead of God giving them a God experience. Yeah. Well, do you think I, I've always been, Yeah, go ahead. Well, do you think because I was going to ask how it's it's got to be impossible not to f- get a little like self or I don't know the 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 non-negative way to say like egotistical but like it's got to feel good up there and but is that maybe part of the way God works is that he gets pleasure when it's a mutual thing like you know what I'm saying like he enjoys watching us give praise to him but being a vessel you think that's because it's like I see I see what you're saying. It's almost like a fine line between like mega pastorism, where it's 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 like pastor worship, and it's really just feeding people these emotional things. But it could be one or the other, in that like that's just that might be the mechanism for which God reached that person. Absolutely, and I just yeah, it's it, no, it's true. You know, I, I think probably like 60 to 80 percent of people at our shows wouldn't call themselves a christian probably right. um in europe that probably goes to like 95 and is it like um, oppressive there 
I mean, it's. The, 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 I think. I think that the, as a society, like the word religious is probably on the same level that in America the word like homophobes probably. Like, oh wow! Like re, like wow! Religion, so it's like a serious cut down. Yeah, like re, religion is is uh, I think agreed upon at least in this subculture that I've toured in. Religion is agreed to be like at best really outdated and silly and and maybe more commonly like just the oppressor mm. you know um hmm. and uh you know french canadians have a word um it's a very bad word but most people who listen to this probably aren't french canadians it's tabernacle it's tabernacle or tabernacle or whatever and it's Sounds like you're saying tabernacle, but without the coal. And uh, it uh, it means <laughs> it, it basically means like curse the temple. Ooh. And it's it's but it, it's very common for young people to say it now. Sort sort of is like a like down with the temple, down with the priest, down with like the, the whole, whole God, deal, you know, the whole thing. Like 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 f it all, basically. Um, and well, are you? That, yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry. I think that's kind of the sentiment that I see around the world. Well, and uh, are you in in yeah. not an end times this, but are you one of the people that can kind of see um, the lines being drawn at this these days, or do you think because when you said, well, let me let me try to bring this around, see if I can even explain it. Because when you said we're trying to make the world a better place, so I grew up in the really immature legalistic way of thinking of this world is just i'm just passing through i'm just on my way to heaven just blah 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 blah. i'm just passing through yeah yeah. right and so and that's you know obviously that's not right but you know what you're raised with is incredibly hard to dig out because it's just in there um Uh so only recent and, and then i guess that's part of the reason why i checked out for so many years and was just a drug addict i just wanted nothing to do with with anything I could I've always been hypersensitive I can feel other people's pain really well and there's just too much bullshit going on in the world that I just I choose if I can't do anything about it I choose to withdraw right so now I'm only at 29 years old you know realizing that okay so we are supposed to try to make this world better because my my thing was always if there was no society if there was no I guess if there was no society, what does God exactly, what were we supposed to be doing? Like what were we supposed to do all day? You know what I mean? Like right. what, what's our job here? And I guess it's to what to, I don't know. How would you answer that? I would say our job, uh, the job as a Christian is probably something that would be very frustrating to, um, That would probably be very frustrating to like the average person who wants to bring about social justice. And the reason why is as a Christian, uh, I believe that I am called to obedience to the Father. Okay. And that means that I can make my agenda and, and probably do make my agendas every day. But God could simply say like, no, don't. Like, you know, I could say, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go feed a thousand 
people right now, God, and, and whatever. And I need to be sensitive enough to God's spirit so that not only can I, because everyone wants to believe like, oh, I'm going to listen to God and God's going to tell me to go, uh, you know, go start a rescue mission or something. Uh, but like, are, am I sensitive enough to God to not actually go to the park and hand out sandwiches instead? Just like, God's like, I just want you to be in this room and listen. Or I just want you to go, like, your roommate has like struggling with depression and is borderline suicidal. I want you to go help this guy. God, this guy, like this privileged white dude who like will oh, be okay. That's, with that's an interesting yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, this this dude, like this one guy. But there's a hundred non-privileged, starving people that I can go feed, and there's this one privileged guy. And God's like, I believe that God doesn't really give a shit about our valuation of human beings or like our what. Our, not 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 that God doesn't give a shit. No, about God, no, I, I totally I totally our, get what you're saying. Our categories and our sort of economy of like justice because it's because ours is all jacked up yeah well and 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 maybe maybe <clears throat> maybe it, maybe it's even the best kind of systematic thing we can do but i find that god is constantly ruining like the systematic things that that i build up and like leading me into like things that are just the only way i can describe them is intimate just intimacy mm. and and even even when when i'm supposed to serve you know, people uh, that, that that God might have me like at a show, for instance. Let, mm-hmm. Let's say that there's a hundred people lined up to talk to me after a show, and the first guy's like, "Good show." The second guy's like, "Let's take a selfie." And the third person's a girl who says, "Hey," uh, and this happened on our last headlining tour. Like, I was raped yesterday by a family member. What do I do? And wow, Terry and me is thinking like, okay, like clearly this is important. But there's all these other people too. What what do I do? You know. What did and, you do? Uh, I we talked, and a, a lot of people like walked away, and some people like were like literally just like, hey, yeah. Hey. And I was like trying to not get frustrated with them because Ooh. they obviously they they have their own lives going on, and they don't know what this girl's going through, and they don't know why i mean for all i know they might be like oh man he has a crush on this girl he won't stop talking i mean who knows yeah but but you're saying it's important like obedience is is a a penultimate yeah me with this girl it it just felt like this where i need to be and so you're talking to this person but you realize that like um that that that's 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 just this really interesting thing that i found in the last few years is for a lot of people who I graduate from like a liberal Christian university or, or whatever, just mm-hmm. a liberal Christian thinks like whatever the social justice world is saying is like going to be one and the same with the gospel. And I, I, I always think of like the, 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 the dual kind of political spectrums that we have and how Jesus had a tax collector who was like worse than like a Donald Trump sellout, in my opinion, just like, 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 I mean, the dude was a traitor. The dude was, you know, like, a traitor to to the to the Jewish people, essentially. And on the other side, he had a zealot who's essentially like a terrorist. Would be like the, yeah. the current the, the suicide the, bomber, the Antifa, whatever people, the anarchist people who you know try to blow up Starbucks. Like he had these like two poles, and uh, and and constantly refuses to 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 use any kind of violence or coercion as a means to bring about the kingdom. But but never never bows to the powers of this world, or or never you know uh, becomes a, a, another tool of empire, and um, 
I'm constantly like so many people read the Bible in verses like, you know, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And they, they read that and, and they're so sure like this is what it means. It means like you can be a really good American and a really good Christian. But it's like how did he get like Jesus was saying that in the context of pulling a fish, um, pulling a fish out uh, and it had the, co- the drachma and he pulls it, the coin out of the fish's mouth and hands it to them. And I always thought that was kind of snarky, like, like uh-huh. render Caesar what is Caesar's. By the way, I control the whole world. Oh, you like, think you, is- you think you think it was like uh, Jesus does seem like the ultimate wiseacre, which I love. But like, uh, yeah. so you think it was it was almost like a tongue in cheek thing? Yeah, I, I think that it's so funny that people use that as the basis for like a lot of like church state relations things. Yeah, pay your as, taxes and yeah. Yeah, like pay your taxes, do your thing, like. Oh, you don't really believe in violence? Well, you know, but serving in the United States military isn't violence because you're the hand of God, whatever. Ooh, and, ooh. And, and, and all I'm saying is like, I like what I'm saying is kind of frustrating probably because I don't have, um, I don't have all the answers and I don't think yeah. Jesus is in the business of like giving me like the dry answers much of the time. It's kind of annoying sometimes, right? It's kind of like, damn it, you know, like that. Like, but, but, but I, I think it, it's good in a way because so we worship, we, I think that like, it, it seems like bibliol. What, what do they call it? Like idolatry of the Bible, bibliolatry. Oh, with, um, um, I know what you're talking about, but I, I think putting, a lot of putting like worship, they, they, they don't even just worship the Bible. They worship their interpretation of the Bible, you know, and when they're faced with difficult specific scenarios i think instead of like asking god what to do it's very easy to be like well this is textbook like we well, know what to do that's in because well and that's 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 in this season of my life to use that terminology that's what i'm struggling with and i i finally pinpointed i think why i'm so nervous about it because what recovery programs and what rehabs have taught me is that you know i've got a disease of perception so basically, like, my best thinking will usually get me high, right? Right. So that's kind of in the background. And then coupled with my sobriety is is based solely on God's grace and, like, the maintenance of my spiritual conditions. So I'm so scared of trusting myself that, like, I, I almost wish I had a fallback that's, like, you know, I'm just reading books all the time and, like, I need like direct answers and I'm learning slowly to to trust you know what God tells me but it's like half the time I don't know if it's God or if it's me if that makes sense that that does make sense I, I think another thing to encourage you with is um I think that a lot of times we need to discern the voice of God like within the context of a community um, yeah very true that like that I don't think that God's voice is any less intimate when God is speaking to us in the context of a community. Sometimes I think it's more intimate because I think we're seeing all these people who are like huh. expressions of God's love around us as we're like seeking the spirit of God. And uh, so, I, yeah, I, I definitely have a lot of I, – I, I think that a community is huge and especially for someone you- who's going through recovery and has the disease of perception to, to have – a a community that's you know walking with them through that do you have like a support group while you're on tour people you call or is it just like your bandmates um i have uh 
Yeah, I have, I guess, an unofficial support group. There's a few people in my life who um, I talk to at least weekly, sometimes pretty, a lot of times more often than weekly. My dad's actually one of them. Um, and uh, um, another one of them is a guy named Lee who was in a band called Phineas until very recently. Uh, oh, he yeah. He's moving to Ukraine to, to be a missionary with his wife. Um, oh, wow. Um, uh, there, there's a few other people. Uh, uh, my, a friend of mine from childhood, Michael. But, yeah, um, I definitely do have that, even though I one day do want to be involved in, like, an actual church community that's, like, doing it as a church. But that's not really yeah. for me currently. Have you – I don't know what part of California, but Francis Chan's new church thing he set up sounds awesome. That house, house church network he's got going. Have you heard of that? Um I, I've heard I heard that he did that, and I think that's cool. My my parents actually do that um, with their they have a house church and they do that too. It's it's also it's also blessed a lot of folks. Yeah. So do you um, kind of switching gears? But are you are you bipolar? Yeah. Well, I've been diagnosed bipolar. Yeah. Okay. So are you you don't take medication though? No. Oh. Not currently. Is that? Um, why is that? Um, I don't, I, if I can, if I can go there, cause yeah, I, totally. I, I have a uh, clinical depression. I'm currently on medication and that's always, that's always the question of, am I just blocking off something that I could deal with? You know what I'm saying? Or is, so I don't know. I wanted to hear your take on it. Totally. totally. Um, I knew you had depression when you said that you can like you've always like very much been in touch with other people's pain. Yeah. People who like are radically in touch with other people's pain um, almost always have depression. Like probably every single time. Hmm. I, I've, it's yeah. like a interesting. I, you know, I think one one thing that led me to write the album that we recently wrote was the discovery that like people with these diagnoses, um, obviously, like you know. The APA, the American Psychological Association, is trying to be kind of a semi-medical, semi-like hard science profession, mm-hmm. uh, um, for understandable reasons. Uh, you want to like standardize, you know, across the board. Um, I think a downside is that the medical world very rarely talks about like thriving, like health thriving. It's all like response to problems. So, so you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, here's baseline and here's under baseline. So, so we work with like everyone here and very mm-hmm. rarely do we talk about thriving, you know? And, um, I, f- I think with mental health, we often talk about like what's wrong with people and how to medicate them. But, uh, it's, it's very uncommon to hear a discussion about like, what are, what, what, what is, what are some gifts that we see with people with depression? Oh, and yeah. it's one of perception you know a huge huge one's perception and creativity and um and intentionality usually in relationships I, the list goes on and on I, oh I, yeah no and I, I completely agree and that's also true of um alcoholics and people with substance abuse problems that i've met like across the board is that they're abnormally sensitive intelligent likable like yeah totally i um yeah, I completely agree. I uh, I've personally have never touched alcohol in my life because I'm afraid of um, not handling it very well. Like um, my attraction to to women um, 
is is something that's like already like you know like been hard for me to like sometimes like have a rain on you know and so oh uh, i'm sure and so um i think of i think of anything else i'm like damn like <laughs> no I, I probably would suck at that um yeah. and so I, don't, <laughs> I don't touch that uh which and um that's not out of like people should be like me i just i'm aware of my own shortcomings yeah you know? no i've noticed people with family members that have it either go in the complete opposite direction or just follow suit that's pretty much the two responses i've seen yeah totally and uh i've yeah i i definitely have seen that too and so um so do you so would you fear am i hearing you right in that you would fear almost losing some of your gifts if you were to just medicate the problem i I think so. I think I've thought that. I think that something that I haven't really ever said because I don't want to like romanticize the idea of like, you know, like the the like don't, don't you know like don't don't close off your like the beautiful mind idea of like don't take the medication you know yeah you need yeah to change the world with your brilliance kind of thing because I don't yeah um, don't hear us wrong congregation if you're medicated talk to a doctor. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, like know know your own scenario. Yeah, like, I think that I think that there was a time when like the stressors in my life and in my living situation and my relationship situation and all these things like led me to like being medicated. I think absolutely would have been the right decision, but um, just the life that I'm currently living and where I'm at. And having more control over my diet now and having less financial, I, there's a lot of things that I think help me to help making coping easier right. and maybe medication less of a thing. But like, I'm not closed off the idea of medication if it was to arise. I had a, um, I had a pretty long, uh, manic, I guess, episode or whatever, um, in, like either late January or early February, I think. I think it was late January. Okay. And um, that scared the shit out of me. Really? And it was on tour? No, no, I wasn't on tour, thankfully. Oh, okay. Um, but I... What parts I, of it, like, what parts of it scared you? Um, Not sleeping at all and, like, feeling my brain, like, feeling my brain, like, <laughs> doing... <laughs> like, like, I'd almost... And obviously, this is probably paranoia, but like hey. feeling like brain was like rewiring itself. Like I wasn't Ooh, yeah. sleeping, wasn't thinking straight. Like yeah. my thoughts didn't feel like my own, and it was just like it kind of felt like losing control. Um, and yeah. just I was pretty isolated, and I had a few like social interactions during that time span uh-huh. that like made me feel like I was probably not a very pleasant person to like talk to. And that was like, oh, like I've always, I've always been like someone who wants to perform for people and like impress people mm-hmm. and feeling like I was not even just not impressive, but I was actually like pretty shitty. Oh, that yeah. was hard for me to feel like, uh, feel like basically, that, basically that like, uh, like you were watching your life from third person and like not liking your decisions. Totally. That's and, a, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it's like, and, man, that, this is not you, me. I don't think. I think that I think like sometimes in those times I think about like the word oblivion like 
feeling like you could just there's actually an Architects lyric, which is really sad because it was written by the guy in Architects who passed away recently from yeah. cancer. But he talks about like um, something about uh, something about you could sink into nothing at all. And there's times in my like recent life that I've, on a relational level, felt like there's like people on the internet who like are and, and not in the internet in real life who are aware of me or whatever. But mm-hmm. like. Feeling like, you know, I'm not really dating anyone. I don't really have a church community. I don't really have, like, a stable place to live. And feeling like I could just, like, probably disappear, sort of. Like, 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 like that no one's, like, counting on me. And oh, I'm not wow, really counting funny. on anyone. You know? It's kind of weird. And then I go on tour, and it's, it's quite the opposite. Exactly. Right? That's that's funny, man. That's... But, the, yeah. th- the things our minds tell us. Like, <laughs> because that's such a... Yeah, that's such a lie. That's so interesting. Yeah. And that's that's the thing about celebrities being normal people. It's just like, yeah, everyone deals with the same feelings of inadequacy or or uh, detachment, yeah. I guess. Interesting. That'd be a uh, that'd be a funny stars. They're just like us. Garrett wants to Garrett wants to go to oblivion like everyone else. This week on Us Weekly, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> That, that, you know, it's like everyone has that fear that, like, <clears throat> their existence doesn't is matter. completely inconsequential and, you know, you could, you could go, you could go die in the universe with just shrug, you know? That's, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, what are, what we do in this world, like, what lasting impact does it have like in the next i guess that's just so impossible to know but it is i don't know it's a trip it Um, is man well uh this was a good talk dude (laughs) yeah thank you thanks for having me yeah man um we'll definitely uh have to get back together again my friend yeah i i I love to talk i'm sort of bad at uh the timeliness thing but i'm like literally we could do this next week and i'd be down so oh dude that'd be awesome seriously i'm whenever yeah because i know my uh i know jay wanted to talk to you too and tell jay i'm sorry So how good was that? That was the first time you've heard it. So good. And so at, good. like after, I should have just, I don't know why I, I stopped recording, but it was one of those we stopped recording and I was like, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. And then like I said one thing and we just talked for like 30 more minutes about Trump. Uh, and then, yeah, that's why I was like, all right, you got to talk to Jay because he's, he's, he has way more of a dog in the fight. Yeah. Although sure. I I, now, I now do have a dog in the fight because I'm super pissed about this restarting the war on drugs, bullshit. I, oh my gosh, dude! Like I, 
I've um I saw that and I've been going through some like personal shit lately and I couldn't even process. Um, I couldn't even process it. It it makes me like viscerally. I have a visceral reaction. Yeah. To starting yeah. the war on drugs again. It's really. Anyway, we'll have to. I told. I saw. Um. Uh, Dan Coke tweet that, and I was like, expect to hear like a full episode from us on the on that soon. That's just some... issue we do need to take to rap about that. Yeah. But... Um. So let's get to the best part of the episode. I've really got to just spend some time. Um. Well, I, how about this congregation? If anyone wants to make a three-second intro for things I heard in drug school, I'll give you five bucks. Venmo. Venmo. Five dollars. I'll give you five dollars. Five dollars. It's gonna be a sweet deal. Or you can just listen to me acapella that dumb crap every time. Um, so, things I heard in drug school. Drug school. Drug school. Um, so, I was really depressed this whole class. And it's kind of why I'm depressed now. I don't know why. This weekend was just, it was, it, it was bad. I didn't even take notes of things I heard the second day because I was just on my phone the entire time. Oh, that sucks. I hate yeah. when you get to that because, like, you're just defeated. At that oh, I was so defeated, and everyone you know was I mean? defeated, and, and like, the whole class. We, call, we, we named the methadone guy the methadone mumbler because <laughs> all he does is fucking sit in the back of the class and mumble his stupid little comments. So, anyway. Uh, so, the first thing, teacher made a really, like, Wait, before we hold on, hold on. Before what? we before what? we get into it, can I make a confession? Yeah, sure. This is my confession. Um I stole that from Method Theology. That's okay. If you guys don't know who Method Theology is, go listen to Method Theology. They're awesome. But anyway. Um you sent me his blog. Oh yeah, we found his blog. I think actually we'll we'll post a link to that. Why not? Put it out there like that. It's it's on we the internet. It's a blog. <laughs> you know what i mean like why not dude and he's yeah, yeah. no they okay so i definitely um i was feeling like just really angry and um just like in a really shitty spot when you sent that to me for a variety of reasons and i definitely just trolled him on his own blog so, did you 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 commented oh yeah for sure oh that's awesome i, I did he, i he stopped him i stopped and prayed for him because i was like i really need to it was really hard though because he's just he is difficult. The whole class was ready to fight him this weekend. Like seriously, like people were turning around and like telling him to shut the fuck up and stuff. Like, oh, even the teacher man. had to shut it down. I think he did shut it down. Like, I guess he talked to him privately. Cause, anyway, so let's just get to him. yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, <clears throat> congregation, I, I think we will post a link to it. It's his. We will post. It's a his link atheist to blog. blog, and he's got like an atheist manifesto. Which went anyway. Anyway. I'm, I'm say, still white I'm, hot I'm about most, it. I'm like most offended by his horrible writing. Yeah, so. dude. Uh, I, I've studied <laughs> all religions, like all of them. I am the master. Anyway, all right. So the teacher just made this is just this is just kind of dumb. The teacher made uh, this joke. Imagine being the full time discrepancy guy in the White House. Not that funny, right? It's okay. No. Methadone like- guy. <laughs> 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 
just, I mean, for 10 minutes, dude. <laughs> Everyone is dead silent, and he's just laughing, this creepy cackle. Did you guys just everybody turn and look at him? Like, what Oh, is yeah. Right yes, it was very weird. Um, <laughs> to give you an idea of how weird our teacher is, a guy came in late, and teacher said, Welcome, we all just put our clothes back on. What? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. I, I laughed at that one. I was like, that's... And the dude looked very confused. I think it was a new guy. I, I would have felt really uncomfortable and then laughed also. Yeah, that nervous laugh. Um, yeah. What was Jeez. interesting, this was the interesting... He said... Um, this is what started it, but over the weekend, our teacher made all these uh, religious parallels. He started dissing Joel Osteen... And says, uh, this was an awesome quote. We teach sobriety and family, not jaguars and jacuzzis. Oh, and that's sick, dude. And he was talking shit. about Joel Osteen. I was like, that's fucking awesome. No, that's great. That's all that is awesome. Um, one of the just the dumbest questions I heard was, now what about the, the medicalization of discomfort? What exactly? What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? The medicalization of discomfort. What? I don't know, bro. I'm just documenting the truth. I have no clue what this dude was talking about. Did the teacher? Did anybody? No. They just no. ignored it. Pretty much. So <laughs> that's incredible. Um, this one comes from the methadone mumbler. Why does AA have a monopoly on recovery? It doesn't work for 90% of people. He kept bringing up the same... Does he really talk like that, first of all? Yeah, he does. He does. That's. I'm trying to work on his voice, but it's it's, it's around there. Okay, okay, okay. Continue. Um, the cool... This 90%, where is he getting these stats? Exactly, dude. Exactly. And he, it's just like... We get it. You don't believe in God. That's like whatever, dude. Move on, dude. Like yeah. Yeah. he's just got such a broken record bone to pick with AA, and we're just like, dude. It, okay, we don't care. Okay, we don't care. Um, the coolest thing was I found out a lady went to passages and met Pax Prentice. No. Yeah, dude. I stopped the class and I was like, you need to tell me everything about passages. It's not as exciting as I wanted it to be. I know. She was, was like, she was get, like, I want him. I want to get him on the podcast. I do so too. Bad. She was, she was like, it was actually. I went through my notes. It was actually all right. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Damn it! That was a cult. Yeah. Oh, oh. This is another good quote from um, Methadone Guy speaking on treatments lasting, treatment centers lasting thirty days and all that. Well, how do you expect to get someone sober in such a short amount of time? At the methadone clinic, we go for years. Ugh. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, he has a, yes. he has a point. He, he, he does, but he was, you know, and I'm sorry, he didn't say sober. Like, how do you, he was talking about therapeutic breakthroughs. And it was like, dude, A, you're, nobody says just go to rehab for 30 days and that's it. Don't do anything else. Right. You know, right, there's right. aftercare, there's IOP, there's meetings, you know, anyway. Yeah, it's just a start. It's enough to clear your head out and point you in the right direction. That's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> This one was kind of funny because everyone thought this guy was really picking a fight. But um, um, the teacher said, the 12 steps are forever. And this guy in the back goes, the 12 steps are not forever. 
And the, and the guy was, everyone was like, huh? And he was like, they're not forever. 12 steps, not forever. And everyone's like, what are you? And then he just goes, all we have is today. <laughs> we were like, oh my God. I see That's what you did friend. there. Yeah, and he, and he came outside, friend. and he was like, I really got you with that one, didn't I? And pointed to me. I was like, yeah, you did, man. Because I audibly, like, just, ugh. <laughs> Again? Get I was Another like, come one? on. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, and then this is, mainly it was from, it's very obvious that I had a bone to pick with the methanum mumbler this week. But uh, <laughs> we've got to have meetings for people with no God. To which I replied, I was like, it's there called are. AA Agnostica. They do have them. And he just goes, but no, 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 no. We've got to have meetings with no God. And I was like, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I, oh my god congregation i wish you could see jed's face just now I'm hot, dude. Going that. Uh. Um, oh this was and this is the last thing this was just another religious observation the teacher made he was talking about we we're talking about family groups and mm-hmm. a family of origin and he was saying people get into religious religiosity um or no 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 sorry sorry these are two separate ones the first one um, people that get into religiosity are basically dry drunks. They have the same like characteristics. I was like, eh, that's very interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can get down with that. Very interesting. And the next thing, yeah, he was saying that oftentimes um, preachers will come out of uh, high stress or alcoholic families because they need something to control and they find that in uh, religion and church. And I was like, that's also a pretty damn good observation coming from just yeah. a random uh, civilian, so to speak. Well, yeah. it sounds like this guy has some experience in the he, church. Well, world. he's, yeah, well, I think just in, he's uber experienced, like, period. What does that mean? Like the Jimi Hendrix kind of way? No, yeah. Are you experienced? No, he's been doing this for like like recovery for like thirty something years. He's been like in that field. For oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's seen that's like cool. seen every which way of it. Um, right. That's all for this week. That's all, folks. I need to go take a cold shower. I hate you, Andy. I'm just joking. I, I love Andy. I immediately tweeted that you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, let me tell you about my best friend. Big Black died. That was really sad. From Robin Big. I know. That was that really was sad. sad. That is sad. Yeah. I, did, I didn't watch that show until um, I met my wife, and she had all the seasons on DVD. They were hilarious together. Yeah, they really were. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> R.I.P. Big Black. R.I.P. My atmosphere carrying dream Where we snuck past scores of slumbering guards And fixed that rustic iron key And that locks this issue free I would bring you